Random Inks Productions presents the Credible Nerds Podcast. You might want to buckle up, baby. What's up, Nerd Nation? It's Justin and Mark from The Credible Nerds. We are back once again to bring you the latest in the nerd universe, more specifically the Star Wars universe. Solo A Star Wars Story was recently released on digital as well as Blu-ray and DVD copies, so we're going to be talking about that today. So we're doing a special revisit of that movie, and we're going to talk about it some more and kind of our thoughts about the film uh, a couple months later. So as always, my name is Justin, and I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? And I want to point out that we have a special guest with us also. Uh, she's been on the show before, uh, an episode last year sometime, I can't remember exactly when, but we talked about The Crown, and she's back for Solo. It's Rochelle. Hey! So she uh, is a, a nerd at heart, but uh, <laughs> she's not 100% nerd, but she, she has her fandoms. Um, she makes fun of us every time we go and do something. Yeah, but it's in good, good heart, good hearted fun, lighthearted fun. So, uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Rochelle, and kind of what, as far as Star Wars goes, since that's what we're going to be talking about today, what is your Star Wars nerd cred and what, what have you done in the Star Wars world, fan world? So one of the things that I love about Star Wars, I, I kind of got really interested in Star Wars quite a few years back when... I started reading a lot of the Star Wars books and my very favorite timeline of the Star Wars series is when, um, when the Jedi are in their heyday and, um, and, you know, before the Clone Wars, um, timeframe when there's lots of Jedi and just really love Obi-Wan. He's my favorite Jedi, of course. And, um, I'm, of course I like all the, all the Star Wars eras but but um before the clone wars is definitely my favorite um and during the clone wars right well of course and during while they're while they're fighting Mm -hmm. the clone wars um and you know fun fact that people might not know about me is that back in the day i actually did play quite a few of the star wars video games and got pretty good my all-time favorite of course because my favorite character is obi-wan is the game obi-wan that's uh going back quite a few years but also you know um, knights of the old republic was good and some others so <laughs> yeah, obi-wan was kind of the episode one game that came out and then you also played uh what were they the ones where you're a Jedi, no, Jedi Knight, right? Yeah, Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm. One and two. Mm-hmm. Remember that. So. Yeah, those are dated. Some of those are early 2000s, right? Oh, That's, yeah. Uh, Knights of the Older old. Yeah, like, yeah, 15 years old, for sure. Yeah, I remember at the time talking to you guys about it, like, oh, I mean, I'm playing this game. And Rochelle's like, oh, I beat it. I beat it. No thing. I'm like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> when did you play it? Because 
when we were growing up, so Rochelle's my sister, and when we were growing up, I never saw a nerd in Rochelle at all, right? She was drama and all, smart girl, all that stuff. And then she marries Justin, and next thing I know, she was converted, was baptized, and she knows more about Star Wars than I do. <laughs> yeah, I kind of rubbed off on her. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you grew up watching the films in, in the house, right? Oh, yeah. My, my dad painted a whole wall in my brother's bedrooms. It was this huge Star Wars mural in my brother's bedrooms. They had beds decked out with all the Star Wars galore. I mean, Star Wars was big at our house even when I was a little kid. My brother's stood in line for hours going to that movie when it, um, you know, back in the day. So um, mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not new to the Star Wars world, <laughs> not even a little bit. Yeah, and Rochelle's been to a couple of Star Wars celebrations. Uh, she went to Star Wars Celebration 4 with us. We went as a family. That was our first one. And then we also went to Celebration Anaheim in 2015. So definitely she's got some Star Wars nerd cred and she knows what she's talking about. So glad that she wanted to be on this uh, review podcast for Solo. Uh, we went and saw it in theaters when it first came out that opening weekend. And then we bought it on video as, as always and watched it a couple of times. So we've seen it, there's been a couple of viewings and we've had time to think about it and kind of see how it fits into the whole Star Wars universe. And, you know, there's obviously a, a new actor playing a younger Han Solo and same with Lando Calrissian, a new younger actor. So a lot of changes, but still kind of the same uh, characters and that sort of thing that we, we've grown to know and love over the years. Uh, for you, Mark, you didn't see it in theaters because you were, you know, a new father of baby twins and, you know, your time was very limited about the time that this film came out, but you've since watched it at home. What was your first impressions and kind of your first thoughts on, on watching Solo? I, I liked it. Um, I think I didn't like some of the actors, but I liked it. Does that make sense? Like I didn't like Amelia Clark as Kira. And I think it's because I'm a kind of Amelia Clarked out. <laughs> with um uh game of thrones yeah so that was kind of you know like a personal thing i'm sure some people just love amelia clark and she could play whatever role she wanted and they'd love her but if you saw her maybe as a as uh khaleesi and this was like whoa she's why is she in star wars was that that kind of thing or you just yeah yeah and it's kind of the whole idea where like daniel radcliffe doesn't matter what he plays he's always harry potter Right. right. It's kind of that idea. And, you know, for me, so for me, I just had a hard time getting into, into her character. Um, I liked her character, I guess, but I didn't like the actress playing it. So that was probably kind of one of some of my things. Uh, I thought Woody Harrelson was great. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen him in a movie that I love. Um, I think Donald Glover, uh, when I heard Donald Glover was going to play Lando Carizian, I was, I was excited. Uh, I watched him in the community and I, I love that guy's humor. So when they said it was him and I, uh, I was excited and he did great. So, you know, overall the movie, um, was a little bit different than I kind of was expecting out of it. Uh, but it was great. I answered a lot of questions, right? Where did Chewbacca and, and Han come from? How did he, uh, how did he make the uh, Kelso, is it Kelso run? Kelso. 
Kelso run in 14 parsecs. 12. Oh, okay. 12. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I knew it was 12. So we did it in 12 point something, something car parsecs, but you round down. So, um, <laughs> isn't that what he says? Line. I thought it was clever, <laughs> but it's kind of like, I mean, you would do that if you're bragging about something, right? You'd make yourself look good. Yeah, no, it, it was really good. I, I did like it. I think, um, some characters were, were spot on to what you always imagined they would be. Um, it was just re really well done, I think. Uh, I, I liked it. I think I liked it way more than the critics liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it, watching it. Each time I watch it, I like it even more, just as much as I did the previous time. So, And what about for you, Rochelle? Um, you've seen it, what, three or four times? Yeah. Yeah, I I thought there were some really great surprises in the film. I really I I loved the closet with all of the capes in the in the in the Millennium Falcon. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> um I actually really did like Amelia Clark. Uh I thought she did a good job of playing a character, a persona that looked really innocent and um sort of carefree. And yet she's got this really bad side of her that she alludes to quite a bit, but she smiles it out in a really innocent way. And I really liked that. Um, so, I, I mean, I thought, I thought that was really clever. I thought, you know, she's, she's a good mix of, of pretty, but not beautiful um, and fun, not necessarily sexy. So I thought it was a really good fit. Um, for this for this sort of survivor type personality where she because of all of the challenges that she faces has to really do whatever it takes to survive including betraying all of the people she loves the most right so i i actually really did like her character um but i i, I just i thought it was really good to see the different um the different throwbacks to the different films. I felt like there were quite a few scenes that reminded me of scenes from other movies. For example, when they were fighting to get the- Oh, the stuff for like, that makes it so they can travel through space, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that it reminded me of the arena scene um, from episode two. Um, and then, you know, where everybody's fighting, everybody's shooting, and some people don't make it, right? Um, and, and, and they barely get away. Um, so I thought that was sort of reminiscent. Um, and there were a couple of other scenes too. So overall, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I love Han Solo. And I, I mean, we have, we have all grown to love Harrison Ford as Han Solo. And I was very hesitant to accept a new actor playing Han Solo, but I thought, um, I thought he did really, really well in this one. So um, I, I liked it. I liked it. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about <clears throat> the part that reminded you of episode two, the coaxium yeah. on the planet, the spice mines of Kessel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was a pretty good sequence there, that whole thing. Uh, for me, the part, like when they first see the Falcon, it's something I picked up not until I saw the, the home video version of it. But when Lando's bringing them to the Falcon, they kind of, they're walking and Han's like, oh man, this, this ship's probably a piece of junk. It's in this junkyard, blah, blah, blah. 
and they turn around this corner and he sees it and he's like can't he's, at he's a loss. in love immediately yeah, at a loss for words he's like oh this is awesome yeah basically and so that for me it parallels it brought back to memory in a new hope when you see the same shot but it's reversed with luke and obi-wan and the droids they're coming around the corner the opposite corner on the other side of the screen and they see it and luke's like he's like oh this ship is going to be so cool it's fast or whatever and then he comes around the corner he sees it and he's like what a piece of junk so it's almost like it's the same idea same shot but it's flipped and i thought that was very creative on the part of ron howard and, and the writers so uh, so there's just stuff like that you'd see i'd always noticed throughout the film that was like you said a, a good call back to the previous films oh oh also when um when when they're running away for, like trying to get out of um back from having stolen the um coaxium coaxium and then they have that the big like is it a snake or like a dragon head or whatever that monster is that's chasing them was really oh, yeah. um really similar to when obi-wan um in naboo under the water um running away and that famous quote there's always a bigger fish right because they're almost going to get eaten by a fish and then another fish comes to eat them uh, and eats the fish that's going to eat them in the oh that's the right that's so I was like I, I, that reminded me a lot of that scene too yeah okay cool. yeah no um i think uh probably one of my <laughs> favorite things was when woody harrelson betrays him because that is totally the life of a scoundrel yeah. right yeah there is no honor among thieves and it's like at that moment han solo became the han solo we know right he's like i'm gonna rip everyone off and get all the credits i can and only me and chewy is all i'm looking out for i don't care about nobody Ex well except that there's always a little bit of good in han right i mm -hmm. mean he wants to leave in the earlier episodes you know he in the earlier movies he wants to not fight and yet he can't help himself because there's still that bit of good, right? And in he in this movie too, he wants to ditch everyone, but he really can't help himself here either. And he can't steal the the quaxium. He's got to give it to the good guys. Mm -hmm. Well, and he it's not it's good like, enough to go fight with them too, but he but he's not going to take it for himself, which must have been very tempting. Oh yeah. And it's funny because he, uh, he always wants to be the bad, bad guy, right? Yeah. He's like, I'm the bad guy. And then Amelia Clark says to him, you don't get it. You're, you're the good guy. Like, yeah. No matter what, you're the good guy. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of funny. That double cross scene, how many times did Han or did they double cross each other? Like two or three times? Yeah. Two or three times. Right. Because, um, Han tricked, he knew Woody Harrelson was going to betray him, so he tricked him. Right. And, right. you know, and then bust him. Oh, there's nothing in there. We got it. And then Woody Harrelson's like, oh, well, I got the best of you at the end. And then he shoots him at the end, right? Yeah. So it's like three or four, you know, until he finally kills him. Was, and uh, Like after the first two, I was like, okay, it's over. But then there's a double, another double cross. And then another one, I was like, well, how many? I, like, I wasn't confused, but I was like, how long is this going to go on? Well, <laughs> and when finally Kira ultimately double crosses them all right and that was like the ultimate betrayal the right, ultimate yeah because and then you find out she's with the sith 
basically. Well, and right? that I think that's you know that just shows how much she knows she's not good, and how much she knows that um, that Han is good. She, remember, she even tells Emphasis that um, that Han's gonna Han's gonna give him the coaxium because she knows his heart and she knows what he's gonna do. And I think she was almost. I feel like she was almost relieved that he made it through in their original escape and she didn't because that was the separation which let him move towards the good and her like forced her to be her true self which was not so good and so now she had this really good reason and and i feel like when she was with han she wanted to be good but in her heart couldn't and so that separation, because even when they see each other again, she doesn't seem sad that it ended up the way that it did, right? right. Yeah, he was definitely more heartbroken over it than she appeared to be. Yeah, like she, like if they never would have met, he would have always been like, what happened to her? You know, he would have always been working to go back there. And mm -hmm. if she wasn't there, he'd keep looking for her, right? But she, she would have moved on with her life and never, you know, like she might have been like, oh, you know, hope he's okay oh, well, let me go on and kill some more people with the governor. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like I always kind of wondered, like, when he's like, oh, this is my my top lieutenant. And I'm like, why? And then at the end, you're like, oh, that's why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty crazy. So, yeah, the double crossings were, I mean, were crazy. And I think it was a good lesson for him to to become who he became, right, to who we see. Because who he originally was when he first starts out, I'm like, that's not really Han. You know, he's a little bit too to bright-eyed and innocent right yeah and but now it's like he's seen some things he's killed you know he killed a guy that he really liked he you know all sorts of stuff so i think that but he killed know, that, that guy because he had been learning about people's true nature right it was kind of one of those situations where uh, i'm gonna die if i don't kill him right i, I this is mm -hmm. something i have to do even though i don't want to do it well and he says that to me he's like that was that was a good move kid like, yeah. you know, and, and if it wasn't for that, he never would have shot Greedo first. <laughs> yeah, <Han> yeah. shot first. <laughs> you know what I mean? He would have died right then. I'm just yeah. saying yeah. that, that moment <laughs> prepared him for it. Yeah. And I think in, throughout the first part of the movie and even up until almost the end, Han's like the optimist. Like he even tells Kira in the elevator as they're going to Beckett to deliver the coaxium. We're going to win. I know we are. And, and Kara's like, this isn't that type of game. You don't win this game. But Han was just a little, still too naive, a little, very optimistic. And then once that whole thing goes down and she leaves him and he has to shoot Beckett, that's when we start to see, like you guys said earlier, um, the Han that we, we see in episode four and, and so on. But this is the beginning of it. And that's why, you know, it's a different Han Solo. That's why they couldn't find, they couldn't get a, an actor to, mimic harrison ford or that just played the han solo character just like harrison did it had to be a, new, a fresh take on it something that we could see you know in a few years he would end up like harrison ford's character Han solo but it would still have to be different and you know because we want character growth we don't want to see the same han in this movie that we saw later on because there's no growth there there's no interest so how long between uh this movie and a new hope i want to say anywhere from so between episode three and four is i believe 18 years so it's kind of in the middle maybe latter half i want to say like eight years 
five years at the earliest it's after episode three. Oh yeah mm-hmm. but we haven't seen darth maul during that whole time yeah because yeah, what we what we do know about darth maul is he was fighting on a world that drew anakin's person away right his uh apprentice oh. Right, his Padron draw her, drew her away, which is why we don't see her in episode three. Right. Uh, you know, Revenge of the Sith. So we know he's alive then, but we know that at some point, Obi Wan kills him, like in one move. <laughs> and <I love> <laughs> and <laughs> like the most anticlimactic like fight in the world, right? So we know it's somewhere in there. So, and and I guess I'm just wondering, right? I mean, I guess I guess Harrison Ford looked pretty young then, but he still would have need to be doing a lot of growing up. So about three to five years seems right. Yeah, I'd say around there. Okay. For sure, I was looking three. up on the internet, so. Oh. So the clue Can- is, it it comes down to Chewbacca because Chewbacca says his exact age, where he's 180 years old. And um, he's 190. Oh, he's 190 years old when they um, are in the Kessel Run, right? And then there's a reference which says that he's 180 years before the Clone Wars. So if Chewie was 180 when the Clone Wars started and 190 at the time they were running in the Kessel Run, then um, it's 12 years. Years. What's that? Before. Before BBY is before the Battle of Yavin, which mm-hmm. happened in. What is BBY? Before the Battle of Yavin. Uh, we're gonna refilm this, folks, with with a real fan. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I didn't know what that was. So before the battle, so twelve years before the Battle of Yavin. It's the same twelve, huh? Okay. So and the Battle of Yavin was that the was that that was the first Death Star, right? So 12 years before before the first movie. That must have been a long job. I think I think they're two different jobs. I think the one they're talking about in Solo is like his first introduction to Jabba. And then he starts doing side jobs here and there. Because he has a pretty long relationship with Jabba, right? I mean, they they go back. Well, because Jabba made it personal. So you know yeah. it's not because if it was just somebody first time you felt, I'm just gonna kill you and move on to someone else, right? Yeah. But he froze him in and uh you know, hung him up as a decoration, you know, so that's personal. So, so here's a question for you guys. We all liked it. You guys are big fans. Um, you guys liked it. I'm sure your kids liked it. Apparently someone just messaged me on Facebook because um, everything went ding. Um, but uh, why didn't it perform at the box office? I think that's the big question, right? And everyone, you know, comes at it like, oh, it must have sucked because it did bad at the box office. And I kind of was, you know, you don't see Star Wars films not do well. You just don't, you know, as far as money-wise. So, you know, why do you guys think it was bad? And, and you know, the critics say it was mediocre. I don't like to listen to them. We always joke on them, you know. Uh, you know, so I don't really care about their take. But what's your take on why it didn't do better? I I honestly think it's about saturation, Star Wars saturation, because if the, because the movie was great. I mean, it had all of the Star Wars, the classic Star Wars um, components to it. Uh, The characters were great. There was humor there. I mean, 
who didn't love finding out why, how Han Solo came to meet Chewbacca? I mean, and the, the story they created for that was fantastic, right? Chewbacca's a monster. He's the beast. He's a beast. I mean, that was, that was a fantastic story. So when you think about all the components and all the ways that um, they brought in all these characters and told this story that we've been wondering about for a long time, it was so clever. And we got, um, you know, just all these little tidbits too, you know, with, um, with Lando and just, um, the, the Sabacc game. I mean, that was awesome. You know, and at first you think like you think the first game is like the game where he's going to win the ship and then he doesn't win it, you know, and it isn't until the very end of the movie when he actually does win it, you know? So, I mean, there, it's not, it's not entirely predictable. I think it, it really is just people's expectations have every star wars movie has been so innovative and it and we just barely got another movie not too long ago and so i think people it's it's about expectations for me that's that's what i see well and i thought about that and one of the hard things for me to really accept it is that we see two or three marvel movies every year and we see two or three movies make a billion dollars right so it, they don't have too many flops. They don't have too many shows that don't do well at the box office. So that's yeah, but why- I feel like the Marvel's a little bit different because they're all different stories. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many different parts to the Marvel universe and they're um, really, they're, it's, it's not necessarily the same timeline where the Star Wars movies that we've been seeing lately are really all interrelated and um, telling a part of the very long story. That's, that's why I think it's different. And I think people's expectations are different for Star Wars than they are for Marvel. And I can also, I can understand too, the idea of the oversaturation is just, you've seen it work elsewhere. But I mean, I think that the executives think that as well, right? Because they announced that big Star Wars slowdown, right? They're going to start slowing it down, put out less movies, which could be a good thing. But at the same time, it's disappointing because I want to see tons of movies i want to yeah. see you know star uh you know darth vader uh solo movies you know when he hunts down the jedi i want to i want to cheer the dark side you know i want to cheer boba fett i want to cheer you know what i'm saying I, there's so many i want to see and it's like too bad that they are slowing down because this one did bad yeah i think a big i think saturation it only came out five six months later yeah just a quick turnaround but Still, I think the bigger thing is there's The Last Jedi Fallout. The Last Jedi is probably the most divisive Star Wars film. There's kind of two sides to it. Either people, most of the people either loved it or hated it. There's some few in the middle. But those that hated it were pretty vocal about it. And would, there, there were online campaigns or pushes to boycott Solo. So in the end, it's not a huge amount of, of people who perhaps boycotted it. But I just think there was a lot of negativity from the fallout of The Last Jedi that carried over into Solo. The Solo would have been coming out like next month instead of last May. I think you would see it perform better. If, it, if they would have waited till December, November, December of this year, instead of pushing it in May, I think it would have done better. Well, and if you compare the, the, the Last Jedi with Solo... There weren't any of those sort of controversial, weird moments that, um, 
you know, that we saw before. Han Solo was just truly entertaining, right? It was mm -hmm. the unexpected, but what we expect of the unexpected, right? So some really fun, fun scenes and, um, you know, an unexpected story of how Chewbacca and Solo meet, but nothing weird about it. So it was just, it was, it was more classic Star Wars. I think Ron Howard, you know, made sure that it, it was new, but traditional in that sense. Um, and I, I, so that's, so that's why I don't, I don't get why people don't love it, but maybe perhaps as time goes on and people continue to watch it, like we do with Star Wars movies, then they'll have a change of heart, perhaps. I don't know, yeah. because, but I, I think it's classic. I've already seen people on Twitter. They're like, oh, I didn't know Solo was good. I would have watched it in a theater if I would have known that. And so people who aren't necessarily negative towards Last Jedi, like actively pushing for people not to go see a Star Wars movie, they just are like, eh, I don't know about that. But when they saw it, they, they enjoyed it. And I think that's the general consensus is everybody who sees it, they don't hate it. They either love it or it's just, oh, that was a good movie. You know, they're kind of in the middle somewhere. But for me, Solo was, it's a fun movie. Like I, it's a movie that reminds me of A New Hope where there is just fun. There's chase scenes and, you know, just a lot of levity, but seriousness. And it just reminds me of, of episode four a lot. Well, and one of the things that you, you bring up that's a good point is that, um, is the character of Han Solo is a more complex character, right? Luke is all good. Um, Obi-Wan is all good. Um, Darth Vader becomes almost all bad, right? There are so many characters that are either good or bad. And Han Solo's kind of in the middle. And then you have Lando Calrissian that's even a little bit more like good and bad, right? So there are these two characters. And of course, Han Solo's, you know, the 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 bigger character in this movie, but um kind of this this it's a little bit different from the traditional Star Wars character because they they aren't all good or all bad and um, and it's it's nice to see a more complex personality right a, a, a dilemmas that come up and stories behind why they became how they became and I think we all you know it was very unexpected when Lando originally betrayed them on Cloud City right and then, you know, now we get to learn a little bit more about Lando and why he behaves the way he does and why he betrays a little bit more. And, and that's kind of the role of those, you know, that, that type of character, right? Yeah, these great characters that are in the middle, caught mm -hmm. in the middle, mm -hmm. just trying to survive. I mean, it's funny because you think of Star, like Star Wars, they are wars that people are experiencing and, and life is ruthless out there, right? I mean, the Empire is, um, is out there and... I mean, they're just all, all sorts of dangers at every corner. And I think we even heard Kira say that, right? Because she's, she's scared of leaving because she doesn't know what danger's out there. At least if she stays where she is, she knows exactly what danger she's going to face. And it's because there are so many unknown dangers. It, it, it does require a certain amount of ruthlessness, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, and kind of back to your point, Justin, you said a little bit ago when you're like, you know, you're comparing the two, you know, uh, Solo and um, episode eight. Four. Oh, Last Jedi? Yeah, Last Jedi. Uh, is that, you know, I think you're right where a lot of people left episode eight with unresolved questions. Oh. Whereas Han Solo resolved a ton of questions 
right? You know, where, where did this point person come from? How did they meet? How did this happen? How, you know, and they resolved a lot. And I think that's what kind of helps draw people in, especially the story that is this long. They want some resolution. They don't want more questions. And, and so I can see where you say like, after the last Jedi, people were just like, this is dumb. You know, I, I wanted this and they gave me this. And so I don't care about Han Solo. Even yeah, though that's awesome. how it was. But if you if you didn't see um, episode eight and you just went to see Han Solo a star, I I mean I think you'd have a completely different picture, right? Because Han Solo, just going back to that, is this classic Star Wars story, and we're getting um, I mean it's got the humor, it's got the adventure, it's got um, and just like classic Star Wars movies, you see lots of different types of scenes right um you see cantinas yet you see um the kessel run you see them chasing and running away and um you know i mean it's it's got all those that all the variety of um environments like we saw in the first trilogy yeah and i think this is the first star wars movie we've seen since the disney buyout there there's a a love story because in in Force Awakens, we kind of get it with Finn and, and Ray, but not really. They mm-hmm. they kind of like each other, but that's the extent of it. And then with Rogue One, kind of this at the end, you see Jin and Cassian. They're kind of I wouldn't say they're in love, but they they kind of know they're that's it for them. So they might as well comfort each other type thing. And then you don't see anything like that in Last Jedi. I mean, you see uh, Rose give Finn a kiss, but it's not really romantic necessarily but with han solo with solo you get this love story that we haven't seen since the prequels since anakin and padme or before that han and and leia so i think that's a refreshing thing that has been missing because i've i've definitely noticed it in the last three movies like like i wanted to see uh ray and finn develop their relationship more in last jedi jedi that was one of the biggest disappointments for me. I mean, yeah, there were some other things, but I would say that's one of the top two or three things that I missed in the last Jedi I wanted to see. Um, yeah. Well, well but so- the cool thing about this love story is that we get is you see that there, like, there is love there, and yet this is the reason why Han is so hesitant to develop a relationship with Leia because he's gotten burned so badly in the past, right? Yeah. Well, that's why he doesn't say I love you back. Yeah. Right? yeah. He says, I know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we were always resentful about that for so long, but now we have context and now we understand, um, you know, you can empathize with them and say, okay, I, I kind of get it because she was really evil, right? He thought she was the one. And then, you know, here she is, you know, now Darth Maul's Lieutenant, right? So mm-hmm. um, well, and he doesn't even know that yet. Right. He doesn't even know that yet, but we know that in that space of time between when this movie takes place, which is, um, at, and they even said like when this movie, about when this movie takes place, Luke and Leia are only like seven years old, right? So quite a few years pass between when this happens and when he meets Leia, um, you know, he's going to learn a lot in that amount of time. And I'm sure he's going to become familiar, very familiar with how, how bad she is. So he robbed the cradle a bit. He, a bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that Skywalker family's weird, 
right? <laughs> grandpa, she's kissing brothers. I don't know. I I might I might be a rogue and leave too, right? <laughs> well, we see him. He's not with his family at the end. I don't know. That's strange family. I think. Uh, I I'm not saying I think. Do you think we'll see a Han Solo too? Because there's still questions, right? Where does she go? Because as far as Kira goes, I I immediately predict, predicted she's dead. She's gonna die in this movie because we never hear her of her again, right? Kind of like the Rogue One. Like you knew everyone in Rogue One had to die because we, we've we never heard of them. And if they did that, we would have heard about them, you know, at least in a reference at some point. So I assumed Kira was gonna die. She didn't die. We see her, you know, she's, you know, attached with um, Darth Maul. So will we see a Han Solo too, do you think? It could be a Han Solo too. It could be a Darth Maul movie. It could be so, I mean, there's so many possibilities of, um, what like who the movie could be about to get more information about what happens and what she does but i think they deliberately left it open to tell more of this story and how she you know what she does with darth maul and how she's connected yeah the writers uh, i i posted something about this on our facebook page credible nerds but one of the writers posted some stuff on twitter about just some random thoughts and things of, of solo and one of them was that the story of Han and Kira was supposed to be a three-part story in their minds. Him and his dad wrote the script. But um, Solo works with parts one and part two. So there's a part three that has yet to be told. And there aren't any plans to make a, a Solo two. But that's, that's purely a financial decision. I think we'll see some sort of continuation of the story, whether it's a book or comics or hopefully a TV show. I mean, I think this is great for a TV show or maybe even an animated series. Uh, I think you can do a lot with that. But there, there's definitely more story to be told. It's just whether or not Disney will do it. Yeah. And, and I hope it doesn't come to a financial decision because I think that's a bad choice. They almost did $400 million, right? And yeah, I mean, movies cost more to make these days and they're putting a lot more money into them. So I get that. They want a little bit more return for their investment. But you can't call a $400 million take a a, a bomb, right? No, I, but, the, but the thing is, there's so many other stories to tell. So it's, it, you know, it's that challenge of how do you prioritize? We already just told a Han Solo story. Now we want to tell an Obi-Wan story or... You know, I mean, there's so many other characters to explore. So, um, yeah. but, you know, we have just oodles of years before us. So at some point, right? Yeah. <laughs> oodles of years. You guys less than me. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. All right. So back to Solo. Great conversation. But um, so to wrap it up, what we'll start with you, Mark. What are your, what was your favorite scene or sequence? And then your favorite character of Solo? and where do you want to see the franchise go from here? Uh, my favorite scene has got to be <laughs> when they're fighting at the end. I don't remember that group, that guy's name, you know, that is kind of going against him and it ends up being a chick. Uh, Emphasis Nest. Yeah, Emphasis Nest. When they surround him and, and uh, Solo's like, I got a whole ship of mercenaries, mercenaries right there. They're just waiting for my sign. And then just like a Lando Carizian, 
adios <laughs> just takes off doesn't even hesitate right just like yeah. just flies away that was probably my favorite scene just because that's so that's so lando and my favorite character is also lando because i mean you know he's over the top but now we really got to see how over the top this guy was right especially yeah. he's like like Rochelle said, the capes all over the place. Like, like how unnecessarily over the top is that, right? Like, the guy just has capes because it's, that's cool, I guess. I don't know. Like, and it was amazing. Like, I saw that and I almost went and bought myself a cape and just started wearing it. But my wife told me she'd leave me. So, but uh, it was... Um, I'll make you one, Mark. I'll make, do it. I would wear the cape. It was, it was awesome. Like, that guy just watching him just so over the top and so like Lando at the end when there's a fight to just peace i'm out you know these guys ripped me off money i don't care these guys with guns i'm out yeah. <laughs> so and uh and just just classic well donald donald glover was great that was a great casting oh, choice yeah. he did a great job mm-hmm. yeah what about for you justin well i kind of want to see a lando movie right maybe yeah, pre pre this maybe pre this film or in between this one Maybe. in episode five. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't get that his exploits. I feel like his exploits are on the backs of others. And he just gets the thumbs up, right? He's always yeah. the last man standing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, for me, my favorite character, I mean, I did like Han and Alden Ehrenreich's portrayal of him. And I think that's just... Uh, a given for me so i want to go with a new character so my favorite character would be kira i thought um like i really enjoyed seeing them together in the first part of the movie on corellia when they're you know hey we're going to get out of here and they get in the speeder and they're running from the the, the group they're with mm-hmm. and just that whole thing that was like one of my favorite parts of the film is just how well they played off each other and you know, they were happy-go-lucky. We're going to do this. We're going to escape. So I really enjoyed that part. And I'd like to see more of them together, whether it's kind of a prequel or prequel to this movie or perhaps in a Han Solo 2 film. But uh, just, you know, she was, I I don't want, I kind of, I'm a little hesitant to say this, but I kind of like their relationship better than I did Han and Leia's relationship. Um, I just thought they they were a better fit for at least in the beginning they were a better fit for each other than than Hanalea was because Hanalea they didn't they didn't end up together in the end anyway well they had history Kara and Han right yeah. they grew up together they knew the same challenges and troubles Leia was a princess so Han didn't have anything in common with <laughs> with her backup background right yeah um but but he and Kira faced the same challenges, the same ruthless life. And so in that sense, but, but what's interesting is Han and Kira came from the same background and ended up on opposite spectrums, right? Where Leia and Han started out on opposite spectrums and ended up bullfighting for good. So you have that um, interesting dynamic there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more, uh, interesting. And then my favorite scene would be, oh, there's so many. I think when they're trying to escape the castle, they're doing the castle run and they're escaping, they go into the maw and they're trying to escape and they put the coaxium in the fuel 
and it gives them that burst, right? But at first they're like going, they're headed out, and then the falcon cuts out, and they just kind of like drift back into the the hole. And they're like, "Oh crap, we're gonna die!" You know, they're not gonna die, but it's just kind of a humorous situation. All of a sudden, you know, the the fuel starts up, and they just shoot out of there in light speed. That, was, that whole sequence was pretty cool for me. Um, I just got to interrupt. I know he did it in the twelve parsecs. And we know that Star Wars started in the 70s and Star Trek started in the 60s. I just want to let you know that Star Trek also uses parsecs as a measurement of length and Star Wars ripped them off. I'm just saying they, they couldn't be original. It's a length of distance, right? I think it's a, yeah, it's based on. Like miles. Uh, yeah, it, it's a little, it's like more than, it's based on a distance, but more than three dimensions. Right, it doesn't just use three dimensions as a, as a distance. So my favorite scene was definitely when um, Chewbacca meets Han Solo. When Chewbacca's the beast, they're they're, you know, Han Solo's thrown into this pit. Um, Chewbacca's gonna kill him because he's so strong and he's all muddy, and you you barely can recognize that it's Chewbacca. And um, you know that's the start of a super strong friendship and. Um, and just really like, I love the surprise on Chewbacca's face when Han Solo starts speaking, um, in what's it called? Uh, what, what, a yeah. And he's like, yeah, I could speak a little bit, you know, like, duh. (laughs) And I just think, you know, that's a start of a fantastic friendship. And we've wondered for so many years how they, how they became such a tight team. And then, you know, they're in the Millennium Falcon and, and Chewbacca's like, navigating and he's like since when do you know how to fly he's like i'm 100 years old you know what I mean? like, what? <laughs> you know so i just love I, I loved that um that whole um story that they tell about how they meet yeah yeah no that that uh, that was really cool um i i have to admit that was when he got thrown down i'm like oh what's in there and i heard the growl I'm like it's Jewie. i was like so excited you know what i mean <laughs> but, well and then uh, there, i mean that's another kind of reminiscent scene of you know we've seen so many times before where people get thrown into a pit in the classic star wars movie right so another kind of throwback to the to the classics yeah i actually thought it was a rancor like in return of the yeah Jedi, the first mm-hmm. yeah I think we all expected it to be a Rancor or at least a Rancor type beast. That's what I was expecting. And then it's Chewbacca and you're like, ah, what a beast, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, that that was a great scene. And, um, you know, just one of those resolutions that everyone wanted to see and they did great. Uh Uh-huh. As far as characters, um, I mean, like Han Solo was awesome. That's for sure. Um, but uh i mean the character that tandy newton plays was was pretty awesome you know she 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 dies for all of them right yeah she went out way too quick yeah like right at the first right val is it val Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, uh what's his name uh woody harrelson's girlfriend girlfriend yeah yeah that was she was a great character and i did think she died too quick i was like what is she really dead like that's yeah. it well she was so wise too right you know what i mean <laughs> like she she's like um she keeps telling uh woody harrelson's character beckett don't do that like she's she's the voice of reason right 
and mm. um and in the end sacrifices all for the greater good what did you think of kira what did i think of kira well I, again i i loved that she was very complex right she wasn't all good she wasn't all bad um I think that they, it was interesting how they completely discounted her as, you know, I mean, so often women are discounted, even in the fight, you know, I mean, um, when she was fighting against, um, Dryden Voss, Dryden Voss, uh -huh, he, he, he went immediately to fight Han Solo and here she is over on the side preparing to kill him. You know what I mean? And he's not even aware of that threat. Um, you know, he feels so much power over her, her, like he's going to just solve that problem later. Right. He even says that I'm going to deal with you later and she's, she's planning to kill him. So, um, you know, she, she was discounted her, her abilities, Han discounted her, her, like he, he didn't, um, pay as much attention to her behavior as he ought to have. Right. He could have. Like there were signs everywhere. Um, there were signs everywhere. everywhere. Mm -hmm. And he was just, he just wanted her to be that person that he knew on Corellia. And, um, and she had changed her experiences had changed her. And throughout the story, um, we saw it over and over and over again until the very end. And I think like even all of us did, like didn't, it didn't see how, how, just how bad she was because for all of us, I think we can all agree. It was a surprise that she then calls Darth Maul right at, at the end. Mm -hmm. So she, you know, she kept see, she keeps saying, she even told on to his face over and over again, you don't know the things I've done. And she warned us all and we, and we, she, that's the thing. That's why I liked her. The, I, I liked, um, the actress that, um, that they picked because she did have that face, that face that could smile through it all. And yet there was so much anger inside of her because of, um, just how, um, how badly she'd been treated. Um, and she did become ruthless. So, well, and what a, what a Sith way to do it. Yeah. Too, right. Like the way she did it, did it is completely the Sith way. Yep. Right. You learn everything you can, you absorb everything you can. And then the minute their backs turn or they're sleeping in bed on Coruscant or something, you kill them. Yep. And you take control. And yep. that's exactly what she did. Like yep. pure ruthlessness, no remorse. And, and the only thing that was missing was glowing, glowing yellow eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think her and Darth Maul would make a great pair to work together. Kind of a Sith Lord or like a Sith Master, Sith Apprentice type relationship. I think they'd work well together. That's why one of the reasons why I want to see a, a follow-up movie is kind of what what are they going to do to wreak havoc in the universe? You know, what is their end game and how do they get there and how are they stopped? You know, because when we see Darth Maul in Rebels, he's by himself. He's defeated. His only goal at that point is to kill Obi-Wan. So how did he get to that from the point of running Crimson Dawn to just being alone and defeated? Well, in Crimson Dawn, you have to really look at the history to understand how serious that group is, right? Crimson Dawn holds a lot of power. Yeah. Uh, before the Huts were the Huts, they were as powerful as the Huts ever were. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you kind of have to realize that they were, it's not that, they're just in charge of a small group. They're in charge of like a syndicate that if, you know, the empire wasn't the empire, they would be the controlling the universe. 
or galaxy, I should say. Yeah, so lots of good stuff in this show. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, for me, definitely an A minus. One of my favorite Star Wars films, which you know, in Star Wars, there are gradations. You know, a good Star Wars film is awesome. A bad Star Wars film is great. So uh, take a take that for what you will. But I enjoyed this film. I've watched it probably six times since May. I keep watching it and enjoy it. Like I said, a minus. What about for you, Mark? I have to admit, I like Rogue One better. And I gave Rogue One an A minus. So I have to give this one an A minus minus. Um, I think it's better than a B movie, even a B plus. But it has to be a little bit less than an A minus. So whatever that is. <laughs> right, right in there. Because yeah. it, it was really good. It was surprisingly good. It, you know, just like Rogue One. Just like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, some of them I've seen just great. Loved it. Yeah. I think it it is kind of is very similar to Rogue One, or very comparable to Rogue One, I guess. And for me, it is kind of a flip flop. You know, one month it's Rogue One, the next month it's Solo. But for now, it's Solo. I love Rogue One. What about for you, Rochelle? Um, I don't really like to rate Star Wars movies because I just like them. <laughs> so I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, and uh, yeah. So did you like this one or Rogue One? I feel like they're different because this had so many throwbacks to the original trilogy um, and answered so many of our questions. Um, and yet Rogue One was obviously a lot of answers to our questions too, but it was, um, I mean, it was this story of sacrificing all, right? Um, and, and, and I think, and it was, more serious like it was more like the wars part of star and then this was more like the star part of wars you know what i mean like this is um they're just two different kinds of movies for me mm -hmm. yeah fair enough i like that answer so we want to thank you guys for joining us here on the credible nerds podcast for our review of solo if you haven't seen it or if you haven't got it on dvd or digital definitely go do that go buy it it's not in theaters anymore, but you can rent it, own it, you know, go out and watch this film if you haven't already. It's great. Wholeheartedly recommend it. And uh, we want to invite you to join in on the conversation with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest even. Just uh, search Credible Nerds and you'll find us. And we want to, you know, hear your feedback and hear your thoughts on on solo as well as anything else we talk about so definitely you know let us know what you think give us a review on itunes uh, be honest give us a good score if you can let us know how we're doing we want to appreciate all our fans and get to know you so thanks for joining us here on the credible nerds podcast and make sure you buckle up baby see you guys
might want to buckle up, baby.